now broadcasting on the fight for women's suffrage. Women were legally denied the right to vote because people, especially businesses, were afraid that voting would empower women to be more demanding. After numerous accounts of discrimination and sexism, women began to react angrily. Women upset by their inability to vote believed that it was their right to participate in politics as men's equals. Furious that they were discriminated against because of their sex and had no control over their lives, they believed that voting would give them a voice that would finally grant them dignity that was previously undermined by the government. From a young age, Carrie Chapman Catt was very inspired by women's rights. She believed that if women could vote, they would constitute for world peace and improve the lives of others. After working as a teacher and a superintendent in Iowa, Catt officially became involved in the women's rights movement. She was one of the founders of the National American Women's Suffrage Association in 1890 and worked as the delegate and then the president until 1904. Known as the brains of the women's suffrage movement, Kat's activism techniques were always extremely organized and on the conservative side. She had a local campaigning approach, going town to town to try and rally support for women's suffrage. She relied mostly on carefully planned speeches and publicity. Kat was an outstanding speaker who, in her hundreds of events, often convinced her crowd. Her winning plan included pushing for women's voting rights at both state and federal levels of government, Alice Paul was also a very important women's suffrage activist during the Progressive Era, but had a greatly different approach than Kat. She joined the National American Women's Suffrage Association when she was a student at the University of Pennsylvania. After disagreeing with Kat's unobtrusive activism approach, she left NASA and founded the Congressional Union for Women's Suffrage with a main goal of getting the 19th Amendment enacted. In 1912, Alice and two of her friends, Lucy Burns and Crystal Eastman, went to Washington, D.C. to organize women's suffrage events to gain further attention for her movement. When organizing public events, Alice would use tactics she learned during her time studying in Britain. They were very extreme and vocal about what they wanted, using radical activism tactics, such as when Alice and a group of other female suffragists picketed in front of the White House. At the White House, Alice and her fellow suffragists held banners and shouted slogans. Many people saw the protest as unpatriotic as it was during wartime, and because of this, they were abused and attacked by passing people. Suffragists, including Alice, were then arrested for obstructing traffic and jailed when they refused to pay the fine that came along with this charge. The people arrested were sent to their prison in Virginia, where they continued their fight for the suffrage. In prison, Alice and the other suffragists arrested staged a hunger strike. After about 78 hours of their hunger strike, the warden ordered them to be brutally force-fed. When nurses leaked the stories of these peaceful protesters receiving such brutal treatment, the press, some politicians, and the public demanded that the woman be released. Weeks later, President Woodrow Wilson issued a pardon and the women were released. After pardoning the suffragists arrested during the protest at the White House, President Wilson later came out in support of women's suffrage in a speech in 1918. After Wilson's address, a Senate vote on a constitutional amendment to grant women the right to vote fell short by just two votes. Suffragists then targeted four senators who had voted against women's suffrage and who were running for re-election, and when three of the four lost their re-election, it sent a very clear message to other politicians. In 1919, both the House of Representatives and the Senate passed the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote 
and all that was left was for three-fourths of the state to ratify the amendment for it to become a law. On August 18, 1920, the deciding state, Tennessee, ratified the amendment, and six days later, the Secretary of State certified the ratification and women had won full voting rights. Jenna, what do you think made the public change their minds towards women receiving voting rights? I think that when the abuse of suffragists received in jail was leaked, it really humanized them and made the public see not only that the treatment they received in prison was extremely unjust, but denying them the right to vote was too. I also think it's similar to a lot of other instances, both historical and modern times, in which we see a change of heart when faced with the truth. A good example of this was when Jacob Reese took pictures of tenements during the Gilded Age to expose the horrendous living conditions immigrants were faced with. Then, once the public saw these pictures, people began efforts to clean up these areas and make tenements more habitable. Of the two different activists, who do you think was more successful in their efforts to achieve women's suffrage? I think that Alice Paul had more success in achieving women's suffrage because although she had extremely radical tactics compared to Katz, her protesting in front of the White House in the hunger strike in prison caught the public's and president's attention, which is what they needed to pass the 19th Amendment. Who do you think had more success? I agree that Alice Paul gave the women's suffrage movement the final push to getting the 19th Amendment. I admire Katz wanting to be professional and respectful, but in the end, it was Alice's attention-grabbing tactics that shifted the public's point of view.